Most religions share a belief that the body and spirit coexist until the body has perished and the spirit moves on into the afterlife. However, there are those that remain. Some stay with a purpose. Some are doomed to relive their own violent deaths. These spirits are one of the oldest aspects associated with Halloween. For generations to come, people will still gather around the campfire to tell the stories of ghosts. Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we travel through time and space with a ghost story. So, Stephanie. Yes. Have you seen a ghost story prior to watching it for the podcast? Yes, and I even suggested it for the podcast. You did. I did. You did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alex is upset. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm upset, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. But to tell the fine folks your experience with this movie. Well, it wasn't what I expected, but I have seen it in theaters. I was hoping a little bit more Patrick Swayze kind of ghost, but... Were you? A little bit more. But kind of more like gothic creepy, based on the whole traditional white sheet with the eye holes and stuff like that. Okay. So I kind of thought it would be a little bit more of a mix of that, but it's more existential than that. That's a word for it. Yeah. It's more about like the mark that, of humanity on, on Earth and like what happens. After you are gone and yeah. no one remembers you and stuff like that. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That's the scariest part for That's, me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, so I've never seen this movie prior to watching it for the podcast. I wanted to. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking it looked beautiful. Yeah. Like, it is a beautiful movie. Like, but the trailer was amazing and it's filmed in the 1 by 1.33 aspect ratio with the rounded edges. So fancy. I like it. I really liked it. It was very traumatizing, yeah. <laughs> but I was texting you about it after I watched it because I was like, what the fuck? Because I was in tears at the end. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Here's the thing. It was less the existential for me because mm-hmm. I know I'm a piece of shit and I amount to nothing. <laughs> I accepted that, right? Like, I ain't gonna leave You more. went in. You're like, I, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. I know this. It's always the, like, relationship leaving the other. Pr- I'm like. Yeah. Because, like, while by myself. I'm not going to leave a mark on the world. It's the individual relationships. Right. That would have been a more sad factor for me if she hadn't left halfway through the movie. I feel like if we spent more time with them as a couple. Yeah. But also I feel like there was like a lot of tension between them and their relationship mm-hmm. as well. So it wasn't the perfect relationship. Right. Like sometimes in movies when a loved one dies, it seems like they had everything. And that's why it's so detrimental to them hmm. yeah i don't know we'll talk about when we get to the plot i see it a little bit differently i get your point but that was the part that i was like oh, no i can't die i just want to note that to the audience that you're like i see your point meaning like alex looks at me like you're wrong though no no no, no. i see your point i don't agree with that point oh, okay but i'll see it there it is yes yeah it's, it's the thing there's a whole bunch of this stuff, and we'll talk about the plot that, like, will hit people differently. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more than just 
oh, he died and he's a ghost now. It's right. like, oh, no, 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 no. Right. Even in the plot, it's hard to even come across of, like all the sum of its parts, really. Yeah, and some of it doesn't even make sense, really. No. But we'll get to that. Okay. Would you like to tell us how you ranked this movie? Yes. I ranked it, having not seen this before, going in blind, I ranked it as a four. I chose six. Yeah, I had a hard time. Like, I knew this wasn't a scary movie because, like, I looked into the movie after the words because I was just very curious about it. But, like, it's about a ghost, but it's not, like, a scary movie. No. But the thing about it is, like, sometimes when I was going into it, I knew it was upsetting. Like, sometimes that could be scary, too. Like, the death of a loved one is sad, but also scary. Like Right. Oh, it's, like, the unfathomable. So, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, to what degree that would be. Yeah. So I stuck it at the four. Right. No, that's fair. It does have a little bit of creepy elements, though. Like, when it flashes back and forth between his perspective looking out and people looking at him. The ghost sheet is very striking and alarming at times, sometimes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It depends on what, like, perspective you're looking at this movie from. So that's the interesting part. He is chilling in a closet in one scene, and you're like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be there. (laughs) Why are you... Yeah, that was very bizarre. Like, why out of all the places, that's where you choose to be? But all right. Yeah. So, do you mind telling us a little bit about the background of the story? Oh, I suppose. So, A Ghost Story is a 2017 American supernatural drama film written and directed by David Lowry and starring Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Kesha appears briefly and has a few lines during the party scene. Did you catch that? No. Yeah, I literally knew immediately. And (laughs) unfortunately, it kind of threw me out of the scene. I'm like, why is Kesha in this? Why does Kesha get to be here? (laughs) It was very off, not off-putting, but just very jarring. I'm like. It must have been so brief because they focused mm -hmm. so long on the one guy talking about existence and stuff for a long time. It's almost like he's the only person in the room. Exactly. It was like right at the beginning when he enters the room, you see her and she says, she says something. But I was like, that's fucking Kesha. is here. Why is Kesha in this room? No, no, no. I don't know. So the film is about a man who becomes a ghost and remains in the house he shared with his wife. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. (laughs) It's putting it very lightly. David Lowery wanted to make a film featuring a man in a rudimentary ghost costume for a while. And he just loved the image. He said he loved taking something that is understood to be funny or charming or sweet or naive and instilling it with some degree of gravity. Yeah. I never really considered a ghost sheet as, like, silly. Like, I mean, it's, it's you know. It's... I just thought of it as more traditional exactly. in the aspect of it because of how you would dress up for Halloween if you were a ghost or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. It but... was very striking. It's very unique, though, because how many ghost movies can you think of where they're actually in a sheet? Mm-hmm. Like, unless there's trick-or-treating involved. Yeah, and you know what's really interesting? I actually watched, again, I did a lot of research on this movie, like, a while back, because, like, I don't know why I just never watched it, but I watched, like, a, a lot of reviews, and one of the YouTube reviewers I watched, uh, she was talking about, she saw it in theaters, and a lot of people were, like, laughing at this movie because of the guy in the sheet, and I thought it was, like, a striking image. No. But people were laughing, and they thought it was, like, silly. I'm like... No, I didn't and... think it was silly at all. No, I'm like, in what universe... Is any part of this movie. If anything, in theaters, too, with, like, all of the music and everything, like, you're, like, really focused in on it. It's almost creepy. Like, not in, like, a threatening sense, but... Mm-hmm. Eerie. Yeah. Uh, like, unsettling. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I remember 
Charlie and I, like, maybe the week after, we saw, like, the outline of, like, a ghost almost, like, when we were driving. And we're like, no! <laughs> you, you did not sleep in your bed for a week because you saw a sheet and started screaming. Yeah. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just imagine Charlie coming in. <laughs> Stephanie, boo! Oh, yeah, that would be upsetting for me. <laughs> yeah, so that was weird. There's not one part of this movie I laughed at. No. At all. There's no, no fun. There are no funnies. There's no fun to be had. No. <laughs> so some more background on kind of how the story came about. David Lowry and his wife got into an argument about moving back to Texas at one point. Oh. And he began to write down his argument thinking about his own attachment to physical spaces. So that's kind of what... What kind of inspired mm-hmm. there. Because there is a huge component of space in this movie. Space and time. Like, right. Some of the scenes we'll talk about forever and even the aspect ratio was supposed to like represent the confineness of where he's at yeah so that's a big something symbolism. interesting too and i think i'll mention it when we talk about ghost characteristics is usually in most ghost movies one person at one time or another ends up walking through the dead person mm-hmm. no one ever walks through him and it's almost as if like he's still taking up that space mm-hmm. even it, like he's still part of it yeah <gasps> no Sorry. <laughs> Too soon. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I can't tell Alex anything about this movie. <laughs> we can't talk about this. Every sentence Stephanie talks about is we're like, no. So Lowry used the film actually while he was going through his own existential crisis. He had brought on by reading an article about the possibility of a catastrophic earthquake. He quoted, I was not feeling optimistic about the future of mankind. I felt the world was on its way to ending. The film became my way of dealing with those issues. So I helped Damn. him through. I couldn't imagine reading an article about an earthquake and coming out with this, but yeah. hey, whatever works, man. No, but I could definitely see it. Like, if it's definitely sort of like a midlife crisis film. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as I talked about the aspect ratio, he was quoted by saying it's about someone basically trapped in a box for eternity. And I felt the claustrophobia of that situation would be amplified by the boxiness of that aspect ratio. I kind of figured that's what it was. Yeah. Besides it just being, it looks cool. Like just, it, it just makes it more intimate all, all the same I, I as well. I was going to say it gives it almost like you're watching a home movie type situation. Yeah. Or you're watching something like, not shouldn't be, but like something very intimate with Right. Someone. It's because he doesn't really speak to anybody. Like he doesn't have any interactions or anything. So no. it's really just like, what's all going upstairs for you, you know? Right. I mean, there's... Little to no dialogue in this movie. Yeah, you more or less have to just interpret how he's feeling in certain scenes because he has no characteristics no. to, like, he doesn't look happy or sad no matter what. Like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, like, a little puppy, like, tilting its head yeah. as they're watching everything, just like that curiosity. Right. And, but even though there was no emotion, like, you couldn't even see, there's, like, eye holes, but it's just all blacked out. Like, you can't see any features. Yeah. Even then, you could, like, still get the point. It was nuts. I was right. like, oh my god. But on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has a approval rating of 90% based on 283 reviews. So it was a success, basically. Yes. So I see in here universal acclaim. Yes. Yes. That's pretty good. I agree. Yes. Do you want to tell us about the plot? Sure. This is going to be a doozy. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> So, a woman and her musician husband are in the process of preparing to move from their suburban home in Dallas to an apartment in the city. It seems that the husband is disinterested in moving, but the wife continues to make arrangements anyway. They sometimes hear weird noises in their house, and something falls off the piano, startling them awake one night. 
You're like, this is the ghost. <laughs> this is the ghost this movie's about. Yes. But it, not wrong. But, but also, it is. But it is. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? We'll tell you shortly. So the very next day, the husband dies in a car accident right outside the house. That was so upsetting. Yeah. Because the way the shot is, it's like, it's just on the house and there's like mist. And then it slowly pans over to a car accident right in front of the house. Right. How fast was that guy going? There's like no other houses, mind you, on this road. This is a very, very, not even suburban. It's like desolate. Yeah. There's a house right right next door. Like across the street, maybe. And there's a house next door, but they're not relatively close. No. There's a lot of property in between. The only thing I can think of is, you know, when you're on those like country roads and it's like 55. People just they weren't just, paying attention and sped through. Yeah. But you don't hear it. You don't see it. You just see the aftermath. And he's... Right. He is... He, he did. Clearly dead. Yeah. Yeah. So we then cut to his wife at the hospital looking at his corpse. She covers him with a white sheet and leaves the room. And we linger on this scene for quite some time with him just under the sheet. Just nothing's happening. Yeah. I'm going to try not to talk about the shots. Every scene, but, like, it's pulled back. They hold on a lot of scenes where you're just like, okay. Honestly, I don't know how you felt about the first, like, 15 minutes of this movie. I'm like, okay, where are we going here? Yeah. Like, I was... It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. one hundred. I totally get having watched the whole movie and, like, wrapping around. I love it now, but, like, initially I'm like... It's very slow moving. Stop and start. And I I love slow burn movies. Yeah. Those are, like, one of my favorite things. But I'm like, okay. Oh my god, come on. Let's go. Yes. It's like, it's forever. Yes. So, a few minutes later, he rises, now a ghost, with a traditional sheet with eye holes. Mm-hmm. So, he wanders through the hospital and sees, like, a bright light in the wall kind of forming into, like, a square where he could potentially walk through. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make any move to go towards it, so it promptly is like, okay, never mind then. <laughs> I was like, you had... Point two seconds to decide. Yeah. It was like, open, never mind, close. Okay, bye. Like, I didn't even get a chance to take a step. Right. <laughs> it was like, bye. Yeah, no, you you could be stuck here forever if you're not ready. <laughs> right. And what does that represent, probably? Crossing on. Yes. Like, every movie we've covered, basically, at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he seems content with it. Like, he didn't, I don't know. Obviously, too, it's just a sheet, so you don't know how he feels about anything. You know what I almost was picturing, and it kind of does it later on with the subtitles. It just says, like, oh, shoot, or something. <laughs> he does not talk in no. ghost form the no. rest of this movie. Right. Anytime he's talking, it's when he was alive. So yes. you, just, you just see him wandering. Yeah. He does manage to wander back to his house, where his wife is in the process of grieving. And time moves differently now that he's dead. So we're still going to hover and like stay in spaces for long amounts of time, Mm -hmm. just one particular moment. But then like once that moment is moving on, like it snaps to the next one. There's no time buffer in between, which I know most movies, it feels like while I'm describing that works that way. (laughs) But, But you have to really see it to understand like... Literally, somebody will walk out of the house and somebody will come in, like mm-hmm. a different person. And there's no transitional time mm-hmm. between that. Like, I doubt they actually passed each other walking in and yeah, didn't no, say no, anything no. to each other. It was like, yeah, there's this one scene where he's standing there and his <laughs> wife is leaving from the bedroom. As soon as she leaves, she's coming from the bedroom again. 
Leaving, yeah, coming from the bedroom and leaving and just to just, show the passage of time. Yeah, yeah. and I wasn't a hundred percent sure if that was just like a stylistic choice showing the passage of time, or if that's what was he was actually experiencing. Right, and I think you could interpret it either way. As really, both. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes it feels like he's missed days, years, decades. Really. Yeah. So at one point, his wife. It seems like she has returned from his funeral. I'm mm-hmm. guessing, or something so. else, and. Someone has come into the house, I think it's their landlord, and left a pie for them. Like, sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. The typical things people say. Sorry you died. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Let me know if you want to paint. Like, it was like, okay. Are you still paying rent? Okay, Lauren. Like, (laughs) or whatever her name is. Linda, maybe. Whichever. Doesn't matter. Generic L name. Yes. But this is what upsets me about this scene. So she sits on the ground and in her grief eats an entire pie. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Honestly. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, no. that I'm not judging the character for doing that. I am judging the actress. Because really? she had never eaten pie before. Mm-hmm. That upsets me. That she's never had pie? Yes. She even quoted, talking about the movie, that that was her first and last pie. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> like, imagine- oh, so you're mad at her on a personal <laughs> Yes. <life>. Is, okay. <laughs> yes. I thought, like, because... Stephanie was like, I have a very big issue with that scene. And I'm like, what happened? Besides it being five minutes long. It is very long. You literally watch her eat a whole ass pie one shot on the floor. It's, it is five minutes long. Yes. Which is very uncomfortable. But halfway through, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. But anyways, Stephanie, before I recorded, is like, I, I, something about that scene. This is what it is. Yes. You're mad at Rooney Mara for yes. not having a pie. What if she was just neglected and no one gave her a pie? That's not her fault. No, it seems like she truthfully ignored pie. And I'm like, pie is a great thing. (laughs) Imagine going to work and then they're like, congratulations, you get to eat pie for work. And then she's upset about that. I'm assuming because she never had pie again. (laughs) Me, if I was offered to eat pie during work, I'd be like, this is what I've been training for. Oh my god, you can't trust her, can you? No, I can't trust anyone that doesn't like pie. Snake. (laughs) What kind of pie was that, do you think? I think like a pumpkin, maybe. It looked kind of flat on the top. Do you think, so she eats this pie and like at some point she gets to the end and runs and throws up. That was probably like just actually what happened. Yeah. That was not supposed to happen. She just was like. Probably, yeah. Honestly. But as a story-wise thing, I understand that internalizing and emotionally eating your feelings yes yeah that was like it felt like forever and i know that was the point it did but i had like stages i was like okay she's gonna sit down and eat the pie so she starts eating the pie i'm like okay she's gonna like start eating it faster kind of a thing (laughs) no it's just like the same pace most of it and then like a minute goes another minute goes i'm like okay come on like let's go and then like another minute goes by i'm like oh my god yes Yes. The fourth minute, I'm like, yes, this is brilliant. This is the best choice. Fifth minute, I'm like tearing. I'm like, oh my God, this is what grief is like. <laughs> Watching a woman eat a pie. Yes. I felt all those emotions. Right. I was like, No, Jesus. it really does perfectly encapsulate, though, like what I imagine it would be like to lose somebody like that and then just be like given food because it's supposed to comfort you. I would never eat a pie again. Not because I'm an actress and just never had pie before, <laughs> but in real life, After like, I don't need a pie. <laughs> I don't need a pie. So moving on from the dramatic pie scene, it seems that time is progressing along. We don't know how long it's been, but eventually she does invite a man over 
and Mm-mm. it's not okay with her husband. Fuck this guy. Yeah. You see him for one scene, and I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. I'm mad at him. Not about the pie. I'm mad at this guy. Get out of there. Right. She's not allowed to be happy ever again. <laughs> Never. She's not allowed to move on. Yeah, and we can sort of see that when he is emotional or upset, he can make, like, the lights flicker. Mm-hmm. He is able to touch stuff, mm-hmm. so there's that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. You know, typical ghost stuff. Yeah. Walks through walls and stuff like that. In the midst of all of this, his wife coming and going and everything throughout many days or weeks or months, whatever you'd like to picture it as, he notices in the house next door there is a ghost in a flower-printed bedsheet who they are able to speak telepathically. Yeah. It kind of just, like, comes up, like, subtitles. Yeah, so us as audience members, to understand what they're saying, saying, you just get subtitles. But I think it's just kind of, like, just know what they're saying kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, a simple, like, hi, who's there, or whatever. And the flower-printed ghost tells him that she's been waiting for somebody. And he says, who? And she's like, I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> it's too much. Stephanie's like, we need to quit. We need to quit this episode. Alex is emotional. This one has to be removed from the podcast altogether. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? My pie tangent and Alex crying every two seconds. Like, this is not good for human ears. I'm not apologizing. I'm not. You watch this movie and you tell me how you feel. Okay. So later on, the wife listens to a song. Again, this is going to make Alex weep. Cold hearted. We're gonna make Alex cry again. (laughs) I hummed the melody to him before we started recording and he almost burst into tears. So here we are. I'm fine. I'm strong. (laughs) So later the wife listens to one of her husband's songs and recalls when he played her the recording for the first time. And basically, next scene, she moves away. Like she's packing up her stuff, she's repainting the house, and just is gone but before she leaves she takes like a little piece of paper like only about like an inch thick and just writes something real quick and crumples it up real small and pushes it through a crack in one of the archways of the rooms Mm -hmm. and just paints over it yeah and she does this because she had told him earlier on in the movie that she moved around a lot as a kid but she would often leave little notes wherever she lived just so then there was a piece of her If she ever chose to come back. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about that music scene, though. It's not just because (laughs) she was listening to a song. Okay. Yeah. They show her listening to it, and they cut to her laying on the floor listening to it with earbuds, and she stretches out her hand right at the base of him standing there. Yeah. All right? It's not just her listening to a song. No. 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 Let's be honest here. (laughs) Did you notice, like, when he was alive, she kind of, not mad, but she kind of just like, okay, I'm done with the song and walks away. She doesn't say anything about it. I don't yeah. know if that's, did you read yeah. the lyrics and stuff? Yeah. About, like, the woman Did she in the die song, in the night? Or cheating. Leave you alone. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if she took that personally or whatever, but anyways, in any case, I think that kind of, like, sows some seeds of their, like, relationship wasn't, yeah. like, always the best, which, or relationship is, but I think it was, they were having some turmoil then. Yeah. And then that being paired with the scene of her listening to it now, it's a good memory of him. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. <sighs> it's a lot. It's so a that, lot. Is, that is why that scene. No, I'm not judging you no, for no, no, feeling no. that way. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just letting people know. Okay. It's like, she just listened to a song. Oh, no, no. 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 Everything has 
a lot of weight to it. Yes. <laughs> Even the smallest of gestures. So he notices that she puts this little note in the wall. He picks at it a little bit, but is ultimately distracted because immediately, as soon as she leaves, like another family comes in. Mm -hmm. And it jumps months and months ahead. Like you see that they're already unpacked. It's Christmas. They're doing homework at the table and stuff like that. They've been living there for a while. Yeah, it's like a mom and her two kids. Yes. And they speak primarily Spanish, so we don't hear, well, unless you do speak Spanish, you don't, as the audience, understand a lot of what they're talking about. But it doesn't seem like the it's, point anyway. Yeah, it doesn't, ma- it, it doesn't matter what they're saying because that's not the whole... It's not the whole thing. Yeah. But apparently, and I don't know what finally just makes him snap, but he just gets so angry. I feel like maybe because they've invaded his home or whatever, mm-hmm. because he is very attached to this property. That he just does ghost shit and, <laughs> and he creeps out the little kids. And I think the little boy can see him. I'm not sure. Maybe at the very like least, second. yeah. At the very least, he could sense him or hear him. Yeah, because he's like laying in his bed and he pulls out like a toy gun and he's like pointing it to. This is when he's in the closet, mind you. Like, <laughs> bro, what are you doing in the closet? But he's like pointing it at the closet, so the little boy at least knows something is around. is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he basically scares them away by <laughs> just like ripping out dishes of their cabinet and just throwing stuff across the room mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they clean up and they probably move away. <laughs> They're like, oh shit. We gotta go. They're like, Satan's here. Goodbye. Right. Bye-bye. No, no. Yeah, I mean, that was like the really the first scene of like the ghost aspect. Like seeing it from another person's perspective. And it is generally creepy. Right. Because like they're sitting at the table and there's just like a glass of milk rising in the air. That's all silly. But the plate's (laughs) being thrown and just like you can really sense his anger. That's Yeah. Y'all gotta go. So more time passes and eventually we see that there have been other inhabitants in the house, but we've only briefly like focused on this party scene mm-hmm. where we see Kesha. Yeah, TikTok. So in this scene, though, they talk about the. <laughs> ph- it's a lot, like the philosophy of life. Bro, if I was at a party and some guy came up to me and started talking about it, I'd leave. Yeah, I'd be like, "You're killing the vibe." I'm like <laughs> drunk for this right now. Oh, I'd be in the corner like, uh, what? But basically, it all boiled down to. It doesn't matter, basically, what you do. No one's ever going to remember you. Once your children and and your children's children die and everything, who's going to remember anything? And then... I was like, true, true. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. We all know this, okay? Stop reminding me, okay? (laughs) Although, it's like one of those things. It's like, it makes things like, yeah, okay, it's not that serious. Like, you die and then in the end. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that sounds really, like... Morbid. Yeah. But, you know, your day-to-day, like, you had a bad day at work, eh. It's not going to matter in it's the long work. run. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. Like, like someone dying isn't, eh, who cares? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> Alex is canceled. <laughs> oh, no. I was distraught through this whole movie. No. So let's not paint it, like, I was like, yeah, this is fine. No, no. <laughs> no. Alex was, was the most upset. I was the most upset, yes. But he does say that, like, eventually, like, the sun will engulf the earth and the universe will rip itself apart. And it's just the end. The end, basically. You know, like, it's not going to all matter. At some point, we're all going to be gone. Yeah. He does also, I mean, this is a long speech, too. Like, this man gets, like, a lot of monologue credit here. (laughs) 
So he does mention, too, that, like, eventually we'll break down into maybe, like, more savage, like, cavemen, basically, going all the way back, or going forward, basically, once society has controlled us and broken us down. And someone might even hum a melody that they might have remembered, like Beethoven's symphony, and it'll sort of spark life again, but just like a blip on the radar for what will inevitably happen, which Uh is the sun will destroy us. Much like that song you hummed before we recorded. Yes, a little bit. (laughs) And right as he's closing out his speech, the lights flicker, so it's... I guess him agreeing? No, he's like, get this pretentious dude out my house. <laughs> right. Everyone's trying to get drunk. Yes. Get out. I was having fun watching them, and you ruined the vibe. Right. <laughs> truly. Truly, though. Yes. So then we cut to how many ever months later, years. It doesn't even... We could... The wife could be like an old lady at this point. She we have be, no she idea. She could be gone for all we know. Right. We have no idea how much time is passing. But the house has fallen into abandonment and is like torn apart in places. And the ghost is still working on like pulling this paint off this He's, archway. You know what it reminded me of? It's like when your dog licks its paw and will not stop. Yes. That's what it's like. He's like scratching away. And the, fixated on this Yeah, thing. and then the funny thing is, though, he can pick up stuff. So I was like, why wouldn't you just, like, grab something to scratch at it? That's what I was it? thinking, like a knife or at least yeah. just to, like, get through there. But uh, nope, he's just with his hand in the little <laughs> cloth sheet, just... <laughs> you know, could you imagine, like, you have a cloth in between your fingernail yeah. and what you're trying to scrape. Like, that, terrible. No. That, this is going to take forever. Literally, yeah. it does. It does. So much so that a wrecking crew comes to demolish the house and the house next to him. All the houses, really. All of the houses in that area. And he's just left in the aftermath of it with the other ghost that's next door, the flower-printed sheet one. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of looks around and says, I don't think they're coming. And just instantly vanishes. Like, the sheet drops to nothing. Nothing's underneath. Just gone. That that was so upsetting. That that really got me. I was like, Yeah, that upset me a lot. I was like, oh, no, that was another moment. I just want to say, I don't know if I said this, I didn't cry during the whole movie. It was like when the credits hit. Really? Is when it all hit me. But I got close, and this was one of those moments where yeah. I was like, oh, I've been waiting this whole time. Yeah. Hopefully that counted as moving on. I hope so. Because she didn't go through the door. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, so she falls. <laughs> I know. I'm like, no, God, please, someone go get her. Yeah, no. We're assuming it's a her because it's a flower sheet. Could have been a dude. Uh, Yeah, I just assume, but. (laughs) No judgment if you're a guy. In the flower sheet. In the flower sheet. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. So it turns out a skyscraper is built where these houses were. And we see it go up and he's just kind of wandering through the building aimlessly. It becomes like this big corporation thing. And he ends up standing at the balcony. And I think he's trying to take his own life again in a way. But it's like a futuristic city at this point. Yeah, he's like looking out at the skyline and it's like crazy looking. Just buildings as far as you can see. City skyline is like... We are in the future, like, far right. in the future right. now. I did not expect that at all to go, like, whoosh. All the way that way. Yeah. yeah. I was, like, shocked. Yeah. So he goes up on the balcony and looks at this futuristic cityscape and, I guess, tries to take his own life again and just throws himself off this balcony. He yeets himself. <laughs> He's yeah. Like, and the visual of him falling with the sheet blowing. In the, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> 
it was beautiful and morbid all at the same time. Yeah, and we see like just like an open patch of grass and like the night sky kind of like shift as if like time is changing mm-hmm. again. And he's actually back where this house was, his house. Before it was built. Yeah, before it was built. The first settlers that mm-hmm. came there, probably pioneers, I'm assuming. Yeah. And we see this small family talking about how they're going to build a house there. And they're just like two adults and two kids. And we actually see the little girl, the youngest one, take a little note and put it under a rock. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, it like parallels his wife. his wife. Yeah, I was like, maybe they're her. She's their descendant? I, I don't know. I, don't I really know. don't understand I, that. I, something about carrying on yeah. something, I guess. Mm-hmm. But right after that, we hear in the background like the noise of like horses and people kind of coming. And then we cut to them all dead. They murdered. Yeah, so I'm assuming they were ravaged and killed by the Native natives. Americans. Yeah. And surprisingly, none of them become ghosts. I thought that was odd to me. Right. No one else has, like, died in that house and took up residence, you know? Yeah. That's very odd, but... Okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) And he just stays with them because, you know, he's attached to this property somehow. And they decay, and then eventually their bones decay (laughs) further, and they're just into the ground. And then flashes forward, and he is back at the house when him and his wife are looking... To rent it. Yeah, so he's there when he's alive now. Right. And like coming is, full circle. Yeah, this is where things I was kind of like, mm, I don't know how much sense this makes, but yeah. okay, yeah. let's let's go with it. So he's dead but alive. Yeah. Time's a construct. It don't make sense. No. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. The limit doesn't exist. <laughs> Maybe it's just Casey Affleck, but I think he's annoying. <laughs> Casey Affleck? Yeah. Why? He goes up to this piano that they've had in the house and asks the landlord, if the piano's gonna come with the house, and she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's always been there, but he's, like, playing loudly over her, like, and it just, he was being a dick. He was <laughs> just being silly, Steph. It, it was dickish. He was being silly. Mm. <laughs> he was being silly. He dies, though. Being dead doesn't give him an excuse of being a dick <laughs> during life. Like, yeah, I don't think that was that dickish. I think it was being silly. Anyways. Meh, whichever. So we see them together, like, fighting about moving and stuff like that. And she confronts him in one scene about how she doesn't understand why he wants to stay here. He says it's the history of the house that, like, he feels like he has to stay. Mm-hmm. But they still continue on as if it's the same thing happening, except now we're just watching it from the ghost perspective. Right. And it turns out he is haunting them. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who... Because at the beginning, when they get up, because they hear the sound, he's the one who created that sound. Yeah. The picture or something he hits. Yeah, well, he, like, slumps onto the piano. That's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and almost kind of, like, this is it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And finality in it. And that's what wakes them that night. And, oh, so weird. And then we even see him watching his own ghost after, after he, he dies. So now there's two of them, and that's where... I don't think they can acknowledge each other. No, 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 no. Because he would have seen di- him. Yeah, they're just in different it's, times. It's the whole... He already lived this, so he would have seen himself. <sighs> this is why, like, time in movies, like, it could get really messy. Yeah. Like, really fast. Yeah. And he sees his wife about to move out again. And she puts the paper in the wall, and before she can seal it up, he goes and fishes it out, and he reads the note. And his sheet just drops into nothing, and we assume he has 
crossed over, hopefully. Uh, yeah. That's and then credits. And then I'm like, I'm sad. And then I start bawling my eyes out. Like, it all hid at one time. Yeah. I was like... It was like a release. Yeah. Oh, God. It was such a good movie, though. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot, but very good. And, yeah, the whole timey-wimey stuff. That's the only gripe I have with it, because, in theory, since he took the paper out, past him wouldn't have been digging because it wouldn't have been there. Yeah. I Don't question it too much. Right. I guess because <laughs> this self is breaking the cycle that maybe... The, the one cycle. <laughs> they only did it one time. Uh, yeah. Really. Right. So... Well, assuming that he past self was being haunted by a past past self. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully he moved on. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think the note said? I have no idea. I don't know. She only wrote for it seemed like a second. So it felt like it was just something short like I love you. Or, or I miss you. I, or, yeah. Or I don't know. See you later. Maybe. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was enough to bring him peace, you know? Assuming that's what that meant. Hopefully. Or is like, it's that I fucking hate you. And it, that was like his. <laughs> like, here you get to stay. It like, was his unfinished business. So it didn't matter what it said. Yeah. As long as he read it. Right. It could have said, I don't know, ravioli, ravioli, <laughs> give me the formioli. <laughs> and he just disappears. <laughs> to think. I don't know. I have no idea. And part of me wishes it showed you, but I also think it's better that you don't see yeah. it. And I guess I was reading up on it. The cast didn't even know what it said. Oh, really? Yeah. No one knows. Oh, okay. I don't even think the director knows. It's probably just better for you to think whatever you want to think about it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the ghost's characteristics? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired too. (laughs) So as we said before multiple times that this is not like your typical ghost movie. This is him in a sheet he doesn't interact with people like they don't really see him minus throwing stuff that's like the extent of the interaction but it's not like right anyone could see him or no one's talking to him right there's no psychics or anything to come in and be like i'm the only one that can see him i know this is like the first freaking movie we covered where there's not like someone claiming they could see a ghost right (laughs) like seriously this that's crazy to think about like they're these are just normal people living their life and the ghost just happens to have a sheet Actually, when I saw it in theaters, I was really worried that eventually he would lose the sheet on accident somehow, and, and something underneath would be weird. Or... Really? You thought, you thought so? Yeah, that might be scary or something. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad they didn't do that, because that would have been dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been so mad. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it seems, too, that the ghosts take on the sheet that their body died on or was last on, because oh, she covers him in the hospital sheet almost as if that's the sheet that he walks that, around with. I didn't with. think about that. I wonder if the ghost in the... The, I think that's why it was like home. a yeah floral <gasps> thing. That's why I assumed it's a woman. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, just make sure your sheets are always clean. Otherwise, you'll be walking oh, around on dirty sheets forever. I'm going to have green. What sheets do I have on now? They're green. I would be wearing flannel. Flannel gray sheets. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, cozy. What if you don't die with a sheet on? What if you, like, get shot in the road and you just slump there? <laughs> well, I think since he died in the road, oh, you're right. that's you're why right. it was the hospital sheet. Yeah. You're right. Okay, but what if your body's, like, never found, right? A tarp? What Assuming if, like, you were killed or something by, like, a serial killer? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> like let's go back to 13 Ghosts, like the torso. Mm-hmm. Saran wrap. Ooh. covered in saran wrap. Just empty saran wrap. I guess that's what happens. And it seems that 
time obviously moves differently. It seems some moments are super slow, but then we can jump forward years, decades to a different century. And the longer you are a ghost in this world, the more you can forget about mm-hmm. what you were or what you're doing, what you're even doing there. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, you get that dialogue with the other ghosts, like, not remembering who they're waiting for. Yeah. But you don't really get a sense of if he's remembering. Or, or forgotten. Who, sh- like, his right. girlfriend was, these past lives, or... I don't know if he... It's hard because, again, no interactions, but... He's just wandering. Yeah. And wandering. The whole movie, that's all he does. Yeah. I almost wonder if... Him reading the note, like, that's his unfinished business, obviously. But with the ghost that was waiting for somebody, the realization that they weren't coming made her move on? Or just that she was completely forgotten about, so it forced her to move on. Yeah, I think the realization hit. I mean, she literally said, Yeah, I don't think, I don't they're, think coming. they're coming. Yeah. More unfinished business and that kind of thing. Like, you yeah. have to do this thing, or in her case, make the realization that it's not going to happen. And then... Right. And like I said in the intro, no one ever walks through him. Mm-mm. Like, even though he can phase through walls and stuff like that, he is. They respect him almost as a solid, like, thing, you know, that's in the... Even though they don't know he's there. I wonder if it's, like, a subconscious thing, because there's a scene where I, I noticed it. Rooney Mara, like, kind of bends around him. Yeah. Like, she turns around him. Where she could have just, in theory, would have walked, walked straight. straight. Yeah. So I wonder if it's, like, one of those, like, subconscious things. Like, they're doing it, but they don't realize they're doing it. Yeah. Like, that's They think back of it. There's times that's happened to us. Like... There's a ghost in the room and we don't realize that Ugh. we just don't think about. Like, uh, have you ever, like, moved Like, weird brushed to the or... side. I don't like that. Yeah. Not comfortable with that one. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. He can use lights to flicker and throw things. Do you think her note, like, seals his memory in the house? So that's why he doesn't follow after her when she moves. Mm, I don't know. Because I was thinking it's always, like, <laughs> that trope we talked about where, like, a ghost haunts one place for X amount of years. Like, you go to a haunted mansion, and they're like, it's been haunted since the 1600s. And it's like, well, those ghosts are obviously still there. So I think it's just, to me, I think the note really doesn't have much to do with it. It's just once you die in a certain location, that's where you stay, kind of like the ghost next door was just there. Right. Whether they're, like, physically bound, like, they literally cannot leave, or they feel like they can't leave, which is... You know, because, like, it's like when you, like, tie up an elephant. Have you ever heard that? You could tie up an elephant, and when you release them, they won't move because they still think they're tied up. Oh, no, I didn't know that. So I wonder if that's, like, a similar thing. Like, if he would leave. I don't think he would have, though, because of his attachment to the property. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing stopping him, but he feels like... He needs to stay. Right. So I don't think the note really had much to do with it. Okay. I think that was just his, like, make peace kind of a thing, and then move on. So people don't actually see him. He's just sort of like a prism of light, much like the sun reflects off of a surface through glass, and you kind of see like that little rainbow effect somewhere. Yeah, I forgot about that. It only happens like twice, and she notices it. It's on the wall. He notices it, too, when it's his past self. Mm -hmm. He communicates with the ghost next door telepathically. He doesn't speak or make any sounds. I also mentioned that it was weird that none of the Pioneer family became ghosts. Yeah, he's the only one that stayed, and it's so strange. Because, yeah. Again, we don't know how much time has, you know, went through. I wonder if 
So, like, him jumping off the building brought him back. Had he not done that, would he have kept going forward, you know? Yeah, I was wondering about that, too, because I put in my notes, like, he was able to protract himself into the past by jumping off the building. I don't know if that's what he was going for, right. but probably not. <laughs> yeah, and then I wonder why it brought him back to that specific time. Like, I would think it brought him back to the creation of the world, like, the, ver- the moment yeah. the Earth was created. Unless it did, and then the pioneers were just, like, eons, you know, like. Could it doesn't make sense. No. That I, yeah, that's the one problem with this movie is the whole time stuff. It's I very feel confusing. like it's when the structure of the house is built. is That's why he, when he comes back to. So it's more the house than the land. But they didn't even, like, the pioneers that were going to build the house there, they didn't even finish the house when they died. No. So, like, who did the house? You know, he would have technically gone there. Unless it's the first people to find it. Well... <laughs> Just to make the argument in Wikipedia, because I use those for notes for the plot, but, you know, I don't try to go off verbatim, is that it says when the first settlers put the stakes in the ground for the house, so... So, this land is now livable. This is now house. This this house. (laughs) So, I don't know if he would have kept on going until the building was destroyed, until there was nothing left of a structure there, or until, like, just... The well, sun exploded. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, the house was gone, technically, and he was stuck in the new right. work building. Well, I just building. meant until, like, till no one else would build there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, it, this is the last building. Yeah. <laughs> We're done now. No, he's just roughing it out in the wild at this point in this little land. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many questions, but I think that's not the point. So I think, honestly, in the end, I think it's just, like, meant to be symbolism, not, like, really thought out so much. It's just supposed to be time is is the thing. Just time and space, he's stuck, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't think too too much hard about it, because now there's two of him, and, like, does that even mean? Yeah, don't try to figure out why. (laughs) Actually, I did read a little snippet from the director, and he's like, initially, there wasn't supposed to be two ghosts. But he thought the imagery was striking to see him watching himself. So oh, I think it was just one of those creative choices in the end. Last minute, so yeah. I don't even think it was really that thought out of, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. Yeah. Still good. Do you think it changed your ranking at all for the way you initially ranked it? Yeah, I think I'd be up a little bit. And not in the like, boo, scary, like, right. oh, duh, but just like the... The heart hurdy. The heart hurdy, <laughs> head hurdy, sad scary like it's scary in that aspect like just the thought of like oh my god nothing matters and right. i'm gonna be stuck in one place forever like it's scary in that sense not like jump scares and yeah that's really the ultimate saddest thing though it's just to watch the world change around you and have no input or anything like but still be stuck there yeah. to watch it <laughs> you could smash some plates but in the end yeah, that's about yeah. it right Bang a piano once in a while. Yeah, but nothing nothing permanent. Yeah, it's scary. So thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will be super appreciative of that. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next creep. I should sweep in here. Is it dirty in here? When's the last time you swept? No, I slept earlier, but, oh, okay. but it rhymes with creep. You're just grasping at straws. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>